hurts. Morgan leaned over to shout in my ear. They were practically down to their ankles in the early 2000s. She was talking about the wrestler's pants. The shiny reds and greens and yellows were so bold and pure, stunning in their dumb glory. The audience's clothing was a more complex expression of hopes and needs and sexual invitation. Tattoos on the curves of women's lower backs were displayed like tail feathers, paired with hair that was every color and shape of plumage. Cowgirl boots and tight jeans were prevalent. A sheen of iridescent powder covered it all, as though the women had stood together under a gentle rain of it, faces upturned. A blessing for long life and a brawny boyfriend. New Jersey, circa 2010, didn't seem like something Morgan, a blacksmith who designed Viking weapons and buckles and locks, would care much about. But she pointed out that the men were dressed surprisingly like Vikings, with heavy boots, long hair, and neat beards. Their markings encircled their upper arms like the precious metal rings worn by chieftains. Jewelry showed at their throats, an echo of the torques and silver Thor's hammers of the 10th century Norsemen. The decorations of farmers and raiders from the Rus states to North America. Isn't it awesome, Jen? Jeff blared in my ear. I worked on the voices with Shank. Come to think of it, Jeff himself was silver-necklaced and fair in a big Norse kind of way. He wore the clothes of the Second Tech Revolution, headphones at his throat rather than the fangs of stylized dragons, but he was Viking in his family's real blood. Tonight he was close, touching me casually, as if it were the fault of the tiny seats in the arena. We had the best ones, of course. We were the only real humans— a perfect view into the eight-sided cage. I floated the symbols and stats. Mateus Vita was imposing even in teeny yellow shorts. They glowed against his dark skin. Information wafted beside him, telling me he stood six feet tall. Beside his bald head, white letters read, Weight, 83 kilograms, 184 pounds. Reach, 188 centimeters. 74 inches. I read a litany of black belts. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, judo, taekwondo. He specialized in Muay Thai. That's kickboxing, Jeff told me, and he gestured at the cage, poking at the stats with the same finger that held his plastic cup of beer. Some of it seeped into my authentic genes. They all had Viking-style by-names, just like Ao the Deep-Minded, Eric Bloodaxe. Here stood Vida the Locust. His opponent was Yusef Superior Cruz, a self-important choice of name, I thought. At six feet tall, 186 pounds, and with a couple of similar black belts, he seemed to my untrained eye to be a fair match for Vida. I found moments that weren't ugly. Time seemed to stretch out, and I could appreciate a snapshot of two men tumbling in midair, one lifted high like a dancer. The sour face of a referee looking at me from between a wrestler's legs. But those moments of clarity were scarce. Mostly it was a kind of grueling hugging on the floor, with grunting and some vicious punches. Bodies would sometimes slam into the cage right in front of us, and adrenaline left my hands and feet tingling. 
sprays of blood and spit just missed us. I pretended it was true. I let the stats drop and watched. The fight was brief, just three minutes of circling, jabbing, and fighting with bared teeth. There were a few terrible punches, hard and gross. I couldn't imagine being hit even once and getting up again, let alone so many times. Cruz circled, waiting, wanting to hit, to take down. And then Vita kicked him. It wasn't just a kick to the shins or belly or even the chest. From a standing position, he kicked him in the face. Time slowed down, literally now, for the replay. The kick was elegant. Vita's leg was poetry, long and accurate. The ball of his foot smashing up from under Cruz's chin. The man's face rippled like rubber.